Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. Evil dies tonight! Evil dies tonight! Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. The blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh? Trick or treat, mother... Hello, my name is Austin Torres, and welcome to the Would You Die podcast, the show where we talk about our favorite horror monsters and villains. The air is cooler. The leaves are falling. It is finally October. And like I did in June, dedicating that month to the cinematic treasure known as the Jurassic Park franchise. You can't see it because this is a podcast, but I chef kissed. I'm coming at you with the first annual Slashtober. And for this first iteration, what other slasher can we dedicate a month to than the boogeyman, the face of Halloween, and the OG slasher himself, Michael Myers? Welcome to The Month He Came Home. The title of this month is courtesy of today's returning guest and friend of the podcast, the horror TikToker known as Horror Hellion and horror writer, our very own Hollow Queen, Vanna. Hello. I'm happy to be here. I am so happy that you're returning to talk Michael Myers with me. Everyone listening, if you haven't already, check out our top 10 favorite horror movies episode where we talk at length about pretty much all of horror, but about a little bit of Michael. And then our Samara episode in which we also talk a little bit about Michael as well. <laughs> <laughs> He's a ever present force. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's very clear that we are both Michael Myers fans, but the first thing I kind of wanted to ask was what are like some of your earliest memories of Michael Myers? Well, um, I'm sure this won't be too much of a surprise, but I think my first time seeing anything from Halloween was through Scream since Scream was the first uh, movie or horror movie or that I really like remember and one that kind of characterized my whole childhood like I remember watching it all the time like the scene when they're at the party and they're watching Halloween like in the background and it's kind of um you know like personifying what's happening in Scream you know as meta as it is um I remember those scenes specifically and then I think you know as I got Obviously, I loved Scream so much as I got more into horror. It was kind of like, okay, I gotta, I gotta see, I gotta see Halloween. And Halloween has always been my favorite holiday. The holiday is essential to my being. <laughs> so I think, um, you know, watching a movie called Halloween, you know, it had to happen. Yeah. And then I think when I watched it, like that movie itself the first time I think it was probably on one of those horror movie marathons that is put on tv like I think like ABC or the sci-fi channel or something like that they do the like 31 days of Halloween I think it was um like just playing on the tv so scrolling through I put it on I don't know as far as I can remember it's just been what I deem my favorite horror movie that's awesome I consider Halloween to be like consistent top five for me I don't think since I've seen it it's ever left the top five because like so good and I also had a similar experience to you in which I saw Scream first so Scream is my gateway to Halloween but I'm curious because when I first saw Halloween I was in high school 
But Michael Myers has always kind of haunted me because when I was a little kid, I was scared of Michael Myers. Did you ever have that? experience yeah yeah i think um i think another thing with a lot of these iconic slashers too is that um i guess being the age that we are too obviously we have never lived in a michael myers-less world (laughs) so um you know seeing his face his mask just like with freddie and jason and all them like every time you go to the um you know spirit halloween or halloween city you know, you see those costumes. So I think it was definitely like that mask has always been something that I remember being scary. And I actually think of him as so much scarier than Jason or Freddy, like visually. I think that kind of face like too has always like haunted me as well. Um, I was never really like scared of what was I guess conventionally scary, you know, everyone's like, ooh, the knives and the hockey masks. And, but I don't know, something that the subtlety in his <laughs> mask is like that kind of stuff has always been like so much creepier to me. But yeah, I definitely remember seeing that face everywhere. <laughs> and I like how you bring up like you can't go to like Spirit Halloween or like stuff like that without seeing. Michael Myers and it's like hell you can't go trick-or-treating without seeing five Michael Myers (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah definitely like yeah always seeing um I think even like in high school too I think like um like a friend had a mechanic suit and I think you know at that point too the remake had come out so I think the mask itself had made a resurgence as far Mm -hmm. as um, like a prop or costume yeah the (laughs) you always see one on Halloween (laughs) Exactly. You kind of mentioned this when we were talking last time, top 10 favorite horror movies. Once again, plug for a previous episode. As of like that recording, you have not seen the other Halloween movies in the franchise. That's the original, right? Yeah. So, okay. So I, after that episode, I was like, you know, I should like marathon and like watch all of them so that I have like an all-encompassing opinion of Michael or like of every iteration of Michael but I didn't get around to it and then (laughs) I also was like you know in preparation for this episode not purposefully avoid (laughs) sequels um I think because I have such an idealized version of Michael I think in my head or I, I just think John Carpenter's Halloween the shape is like so perfect that I don't want to have a spoiled image (laughs) Um, I guess I do I did I do like I don't know like it like is subjective I do somewhat enjoy Halloween 2 like the original Mm -hmm. uh, sequel I don't like it in the sense of like the reasons I like Halloween are kind of diminished by that sequel Hence why it was um, taken out of canon with like the recent iterations of Halloween. And I am a champion of Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. I love Halloween 3. Um, Obviously no Michael. (laughs) So (laughs) not relevant. I And then I did somewhat enjoy 2018's Halloween as well as Rob Zombie's remake. But but yeah, in the original quote-unquote original franchise I have not seen past three and then I have not seen Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 and I have seen Halloween K 
kills Mm-hmm. But I was not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> I I am a little excited for Halloween ends based on the trailer. I don't know. For some reason, when I saw the trailer in theaters, I was like, oh, this is exciting. Even though I know I didn't enjoy the last one, I'm still going to go see the new one. So, so yeah, a little bit of a like fragmented <laughs> viewing of um, the Halloween Halloween franchise as a whole, I guess. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I do think it's interesting because Halloween is one of those franchises that has such a fucked up continuity that you can pick and choose what you like. And if there's a movie you don't like, it doesn't really matter because you could just ignore it and go to a different continuity. I think yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, like Halloween one and two and three is like its own thing and then you have the like thorn trilogy four five and six and then you have like just the whole like i guess the first attempt of rebooting the series i guess so yeah there's definitely all these different timelines which is why i think people love halloween but i think as a franchise it's probably one of the most debated as far as quality like i know friday 13th has like a ton of sequels (laughs) that like continuously degraded quality but I think a lot more people are like I would say accepting of that because it's just like oh it's just a bunch of people dying again whereas like I feel like Halloween introduces like so much lore like right I think tonally from what I understand obviously I haven't seen them all but tonally I think it takes itself seriously whereas I think with Friday 13th and some other franchises that have like numerous sequels I think it's a little more like all in the fun of it (laughs) Uh, I may be more honest I guess with what they're trying to do but yeah I know yeah it's a really interesting really interesting history of this franchise (laughs) yeah I don't think there are many other franchises that are as I'm trying to think of the right word I'm gonna go with unhinged <laughs> yeah, and I think um I guess myself included, I think it's one of the franchises where you have some of the biggest fans or like most dedicated fans to only certain movies whereas like Friday the 13th is not my favorite movie by any means, but I will gladly sit and watch like 1 through 5 in one sitting cuz I just think all of them are just fun or whatever, yeah. but you have a movie like Halloween where it's like essential to my being sorry no (laughs) there's noise in the background but um you have a movie like Halloween that is like essential to my being but only a couple of them you know it's one of those things where I think a lot of the people I know that are huge fans are only huge fans of certain movies (laughs) where there's other movies that are like not important to me but I like more of the movies I don't know if that makes sense (laughs) No, no, it does, because it's not like a franchise like Star Wars, where it goes one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and they work together. You can like one or dislike one, but you can't really dismiss any of them. They're all the same unless you just like, well, I don't like the prequel, so I'll never watch the prequels again. Now it's like, okay, stick with the original trilogy, I guess, or, or, or whatever. But with like Halloween, it's so fragmented where it's like you can say, I like one H2O in 2018. And people are like, (laughs) yeah, okay." (laughs) Yeah, actually, today on Twitter, I saw someone's ranking 
of the Halloween franchise. And it was like the most unhinged ranking I had ever seen. Because it was like, <laughs> I think it was like original Halloween, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, Season oh. of the Witch, and then like Resurrection. <laughs> and like, you know, Rob Zombie's original Halloween was like way yeah. down the line. But yeah, it was just so like, I was like, this is very interesting. <laughs> yeah. I, um, <laughs> And and the thing is just like, I mean, opinion is subjective. So but like there's not going to be many Halloween opinions that's going to get like a visceral reaction from me. Yeah, if someone accepting of. Yeah. <laughs> like if someone came up to me and said, hey, Jurassic World Dominion is much better than Jurassic Park. Throwing hands. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> I, at this point, I think someone's trolling me are like. If someone were to be like, you know, Star Wars Attack of the Clones is much better than The Empire Strikes Back. I'm going to be like, did you hit your head? Do you yeah, want me to go like help or something? <laughs> that would be. Yeah, actually, you know what? I think I know someone who really likes Attack of the Clones. Well, like I understand, I... but you can't say that it's better than the best Star Wars movie, which is. Empire. Yeah back <laughs> and it's like i like all the star wars movies but attack of the clones is not on the same level as empire i'm sorry but it just ain't yeah i don't i actually don't think i really hate any of the star wars movies like i i guess i'm simple to please i'm just like, Ooh, cool like this is fun yeah um, i'm the same way but yeah, so so even when I bag on some of them, I'm still like, but I don't hate it like everybody else does. <laughs> yeah, because like, I don't even know what my least favorite one is. It's Rise of Skywalker. But like, there's other ones that could <laughs> not really it, it it is. I Here's the thing. I like Rise of Skywalker. It was OK. A lot of us have a little higher standards for Star Wars and that's fine. But I'm just like, there are some cool things like. <laughs> yeah, I I think with um. Not the, the easiest movie work, to defend. <laughs> yeah, the groundwork laid. Like I liked the first or whatever, Force Awakens. I I really enjoyed them, and but I already within what the plot was coming to be, I don't think I really would have been happy with any direction. Like right. out of like I think everyone after the first movie had so many theories about who's who and what's what, and I don't think I. I saw like flaws with every theory essentially yeah. so I yeah I don't know I wasn't a huge fan but again I still don't think I hate it as much as it gets hated <laughs> and where my brain is making the connection to Halloween is like I think there are Halloween movies that are on that honestly a little worse not a little um a lot of worse than <laughs> the rise of skywalker and i don't want to name any specific like halloween resurrection but even then it's just like if some like if someone enjoys that movie and it's higher on their list i'd be like okay that's that's like i'm not gonna give them a dirty look now if it's above the original that's where i might <laughs> be a little concerned yeah um i think an interesting thing especially with new installments of a franchise or something like h2o and resurrection like the, these things that came after like a bit of time i would say it's also interesting to think about who a movie is made for 
I know it's a little bit easier to discuss in relation to something like Star Wars or Disney and stuff like that because yeah. you know you think of like kids toys and stuff but but it really is about like who who is the audience the audience is not the people who went and saw it in the 70s the audience is the people today not necessarily that that justifies bad writing decisions but um i think if i think about some of those movies like early 2000s installments of certain franchises would obviously have been more accessible um or on tv like i think when we were growing up like there's certain movies mm. that we might like that are not objectively good but they're like part of our journey as horror fans or the nostalgia factor so I think like H2O and Resurrection from what I hear from other people they're like yeah I know it's not great but like I remember like watching this movie growing up and stuff so yeah I think it's it's hard like obviously we have like such high expectations based on how much we love like the original Halloween but I think you got to think about like times are different like the trends are different the audience is different like a lot of yeah. the people who saw it especially the original Halloween who maybe might have been in theaters might not even be around you know right so, yeah so that's it's an interesting thing to think of with these like legacy franchises that have been around for decades <laughs> right you just remind me of two things i want to say the first is you mentioned back like when we were growing up and i honestly it's they still do it but like certain tv channels will have month-long october halloween movie um or horror movies and i would always and i still do put on amc fear fest yeah i don't have like amc or like when i grew up i had cable for very small periods of time and they did not mm -hmm. include channels like amc and stuff but yeah i definitely now that i have shutter obviously like and shutter and amc are so like, yeah connected. but yeah no yeah i definitely remember putting on i think like the sci-fi channel does it too like amc has theirs yeah. and it's like sci-fi and i think abc or something like that they always do holidays there's stuff. there's a bunch i was lucky that i just always had cable growing up and then I still do um well no I don't I don't have cable anymore I have YouTube TV but I still get AMC so yeah YouTube um, TV lit <laughs> oh I love it I'm not sponsored by them by the way that's just genuine loving covering my ass just in case but um <laughs> last year I had it on AMC as like just so I can have background movies and for whatever reason the movies that were always on when I decided to turn it on, turn it on were Ghost Ship and Halloween Resurrection. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so I watched those movies like three or four times each. That's so funny. I have a VHS of Ghost Ship on my shelf. And I, don't I think I still have it, but. <laughs> well, I think that goes to your point earlier of when we were growing up, there were movies that we might have nostalgic value towards that maybe objectively don't quite deserve it. And I think Ghost Ship and Halloween Resurrection are kind of parting my pun in that boat. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I don't know. I, I'm a sucker for Buster Rhymes using Kung Fu to defeat Michael Myers. That That's just so batshit insane. I, yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> some of those movies have such like, like a charm. Like even if it's like silly or 
like not objectively good or maybe not what like hardcore OG Halloween fans even want to see. It still has its own merit. You know, it's just it's fun. We can have and, fun. People have fun. <laughs> yeah. And like big horror fran or not even just horror franchise, big movie franchises are gonna have bad installments. It's okay. It's uh it's inevitable. <laughs> yeah, the original movie is still one of the greatest pieces of like cinematic history. It's not ever gonna go away. Absolutely. Michael Myers kicking um sorry, Buster Rhymes kicking Michael Myers in the face with Kung Fu is not not going to tarnish my love for that original movie. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, it it's such a the original movie is such a monolith in itself. Like I don't think any any bad installment could tarnish the original. I 100% agree. Um I am interested in knowing though now that you have seen a lot of the others in the franchise has it changed your perception of what Michael Myers is or does the fact that there's so many iterations you can still have what you originally conceived Michael as being that is an interesting question so I am very stubborn <laughs> and I know what I think of Michael Myers and no movie since the original has, in my opinion, captured what I think John Carpenter was doing. So I guess I'm like a John Carpenter loyalist in that way. I think one of my biggest issues with the currently releasing trilogy of Halloween movies from Halloween and then Kills and Ends is that um, I remember when the first one was in production and there was so much buzz around the filmmakers of Halloween 2018 being such big Halloween fans. And to me, I that made me excited um, because the, I guess, um, slogan almost was, we're undoing all the wrongs that were done to this franchise. Um, so there was a lot of hope of everything I thought was wrong with every sequel not being done again and in my opinion that's the opposite of what happened <laughs> I think I don't know I, I don't want to be too hard because I really enjoyed Halloween 2018 and I need to rewatch Halloween Kills obviously but I don't I just don't think any any movie captures the shape or the essence of what I think Michael represents I mean, in a very elementary way, like, oh, evil, scary man, <laughs> you know, um, I think I think the actor is great. I think the the physical portrayal of him is fantastic. I think he's a great Michael Myers. Um, but I don't think like on a conceptual level, I'm not really sure where they're going. But that's why I'm really intrigued to see Halloween ends, because I also feel like Kills was kind of one of those middle like a middle child, like, yeah, you know, like we're just trying to get you to ends. So in my opinion, I don't think Halloween Kills had too much of its own merit. Um, it felt very much like a we're just trying to get you to the final final installment of a saga. You know, we're trying to get you to the face off between Luke and Darth Vader. You know, we're not yeah. really focused on what's really actually happening 
in that movie. But yeah, I do know that a lot of other people have differing opinions of Michael. And I do think that in the same way that we said, like you can have a fragmented um, version of the franchise that fits you. Um, I do think these recent installments are valid in that like for some other people, like who they think Michael is, is probably being represented very well. And that's why they like the movie. But personally, I just, I don't think I've ever fully loved any Michael other than the original Michael Myers. Not necessarily, like I said, the physical or like the actor, the portrayal, but the um, what the film itself is saying about Michael. No, that makes perfect sense. And I think, well, there's a lot of really academic and heady, pretentious directions we could go with this. So I'm very excited about the possibilities. But like, it's been a while since I was in school, but there's something, I think it's called reader theory or reader response or something. Basically, I I forget I forget what it's called exactly, but it's kind of like the idea of when we watch a film or read a book, we bring in our own baggage and apply it to said work of art. And I'm wondering if we do that with Michael Myers because he's so blank, he is so emotionless that we project our own fears and our own concepts to what Michael is. Yeah, yeah, I think... At the core of Halloween, I think that's exactly what Michael is. The The fact that in the film, obviously, he's Michael Myers based on we know his he's a patient. We know his name. But as far as like who he is to everyone else other than Loomis, he is the boogeyman or the shape. You know, he's credited as the shape. Tommy says it's the boogeyman. So I think that's exactly what that's exactly what a boogeyman is. The boogeyman is whatever monster is in your closet when you're a kid. It's not the boogeyman in your closet. It's not the same boogeyman in your friend's closet when you're a kid, essentially. So like it reminds me, I, I think in Cujo, when Cujo is attacking the car, the, the little kid says, how did the monster get out of my closet? Yeah. Uh, he doesn't say the monster like like oh the monster is here it's how did the monster get out of my closet as if that the a monster there is a monster that only exists in his closet and i think you know like that's the boogeyman so i think it, everyone michael myers can be different depending on yeah your own your own fears um yeah, and I think that's what's so great about like the way they came up with his mask too, and everything. like they just spray painted it white, and it's like that, like they purposefully made it blank, like a very non-distinct, non-descript face. Um, yeah. and then in that way, you can project whatever face that is onto him. That's what I just love about the original one so much. And there's so many like silhouette shots of him, so that he's like very much a non-distinct shape (laughs) um right a thing that chases you yeah that's what's so scary about him and i and i guess to a lot of people that is supernatural in a way but i'm very much i mean i would i would like to know what you think of this but i very much don't like any supernatural like elements affecting my michael even though (laughs) like my sister has 
like very intensely argued with me that technically the original Halloween by the the fact that he got shot like 10 times and then they look down and he's not there that she was like well you could argue that that is supernatural and therefore the original iteration of Michael Myers is technically supernatural and I'm like nope I don't accept it (laughs) but I think that's like what kind of trickles into every other Halloween installment that is why I'm not like a huge fan but I don't know I don't know it's it's a it's a weird it's a weird relationship I guess you could say that I have with Michael then because of that well I well my personal interpretation our reading is the original is like on whether Michael is supernatural or not the original is like I don't know maybe is he and it's up to us to (laughs) (laughs) but then the sequel is like yeah he is we'll shoot him in the eyes and put him on fire and like a bunch of other stuff and he is supernatural and I'm like but I I think I think with Michael the appeal is it's a mystery yeah the ambiguity itself is what is so so captivating so yeah I think specifically installments that a definitive yes or no are the ones that do not do well (laughs) right right and something I liked about 2018 I thought that I mean I haven't watched all 10 or 11 of the films back to back in a while so I could be forgetting but I feel like 2018 is the first one that are the one that closest brings it back to is he don't know for sure totally agree totally agree that's why I I actually really did like 2018 um I did see I had my own little tiny quarrels with it like yeah like I was I was just mad that I didn't like write it essentially so I (laughs) I had my own like oh in my in my head this is what would have happened instead of this but I was I was more like ready to like still be able to put that aside I was like oh like in my head I would have done this differently however I very much appreciate and liked their headcanon like I can't be mad that my headcanon of Michael is different than someone else's um I do get mad when that is the case but not in the case of 2018 because it I think it did really capture the ambiguity of it all he was so the the represent his portrayal is just so great like the tracking shots through the neighborhood gonna happen and all the dogs act weird it was like it felt like that it felt like there's some some force that is Michael like present in that facility um whether he's just a big scary dude and all the other patients are just supernatural because that moment was so weird but then the rest of the movie did not lean into that so then I was like okay so yeah, that the ambiguity of it all, just in the same way we talked about like suspense with other films last time we talked, like about not showing the monster. I think, yeah, we see Michael, but in making a definitive yes or no, in, is he supernatural? That's the symbolic showing of the monster. <laughs> so then your brain can no yeah. longer impose its own fears and anxieties onto Michael. So yeah, I think that's, I think, I'm hoping that Halloween ends follows that line a little bit. I just <laughs> <me> excited. <laughs> I'm cautiously optimistic with Halloween ends because I've had 
films come out this year that excited and delighted the fanboy in me, like Prey and Scream. I really, really enjoyed both of those films. And then I also had Jurassic World Dominion. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'm a little like, you know, once bitten. But as someone who did like Halloween Kills, I just didn't care for that ending. Yeah. And I enjoyed so many elements yeah. of it. However, like when I reflected on what I liked, it was all just nostalgia grabs like the masks from Halloween three and so like that's so why I was like oh yeah. like no, nothing of substance actually made me like this movie only the like little nods and that's not enough for me to right say it was good however I did also have a very negative experience getting just getting to sit down to watch the film so I think I already was a little like oh yeah not happy <laughs> like I had bought tickets for like my whole family but like the website glitched so we like showed up and they were like oh we don't have tickets for you and it's sold out and it, so then we had to like go home then try to just watch it on Peacock and Peacock is an insufferable app I don't understand why if Universal and NBC has <laughs> all this money that they can't pay someone to recode that damn app it's so bad so uh i just was like not right. already in a great space so i'm like okay i need to rewatch it and you know see if that changes but it was also just a frustrating movie in general like with the whole hospital scene and all that i don't know it was just frustrating <laughs> but i mean i'm always keen to give a movie a chance and then ask myself why it made me frustrated and then try to trace some sort of meaning to that frustration like there's a lot of movies that make me frustrated and it's like oh that's because it's like the point so and I know that that's kind of the point with this whole movie was but I don't really know what they were trying to say with that point I guess like there's like the whole boogeyman and like we gotta we gotta get them and then that turned into yeah. people just trampling over other people and that's a very Evil real dies tonight we have. <laughs> yeah we have, that's a very real problem we have with blindly like trying to rally against something and then just killing a bunch of innocent bystanders because of it so i i think that's a valuable right. um point but i wasn't sure why there i guess because i'm still we still have to see where they're ultimately going with Michael, what that plot point, how that necessarily relates to Michael, other than the fact that they were trying to kill Michael. But you, you know what I mean? Like as far as like the grand scheme of what Michael represents for them and what this trilogy is saying. <laughs> so I think I just need to right. wait until like ends comes out and then like watch all three of them and see what like the what's the through line here. <laughs> Yeah. And like my thing is the only thing that really I'm like, I'm not a fan of that choice is for me, I feel like it confirms Michael is supernatural. OK, yeah, I'm glad you said that because that was also the vibe I was getting. And that's what made me. Yeah. Not OK, with um, I guess, like you said, the ending or like that final act, I was very much like, no, oh, I'm getting I'm getting weird vibes about what who Michael is or like what Michael is right the actor himself did a fantastic job I think his portrayal oh, of yeah. 
was so great um and that's like basically the other only other merit i found in the movie i think he's just such a great that dude can just kick butt and he's so big and menacing <laughs> but it's well yeah other than that but what i met I him and he's like the thing. sweetest dude in real life yeah he's just so like he's just such a such a great job at being like this boulder that just rams through yeah suburbia <laughs> you know <laughs> but yeah yeah, but yeah what i think they were saying about like some of the plot points and i don't know it was just like it was odd but again maybe the third movie will put that into perspective i don't know and the the and weird just, cgi yeah. loomis was weird well, <laughs> you you know the crazy here okay this blew my mind that was prosthetic makeup that wasn't cgi cgi but it looked like a deep fake right yeah I'm like because sure, I, mean, I thought really, it was cgi i'm sure they but i saw the making of or something but yeah interesting it, i think it, was it just i think odd. it was the lighting oh yeah it was just odd. yeah it was kind of like uncanny in a way yeah and it i think that made it i understand i guess i understand why they would want to have flashback i mean actually not really i don't know i don't think it was necessary <laughs> but but I think that kind of like took you out of it a little because it was so like, well, I guess face, what the heck, you know, I don't know. It was right. It was, uh, and like not only flashing back as in splicing, like they could have spliced in old footage, but like purposefully flashing back in order to add quote unquote material to the original film in a way like to the original right. canon because they erased everything else like that I was like I need to rewatch to like fully assess why but I, I just didn't think it was necessary I don't know yeah uh, maybe to maybe it'll be more apparent when this third movie comes out like it's fine it's not the worst Halloween Halloween movie I've seen by a long shot true um true. <laughs> I just can't get past the fact that they corner him at the very end of the movie and they beat him to a pulp mm -hmm. and then he gets up and kills them all one by one which don't get me wrong part of me wanted that to happen <laughs> but that just confirms like the supernatural and i'm just like you either commit to it or you don't and i don't not sure what you're doing yeah. i guess what i'm trying to say is now ends has to has to commit to something in order for kills to make sense right yeah they they unless they do some like retconning like star wars tried to do <laughs> you know yeah like I, yeah i feel like <laughs> yeah which i don't know yeah i mean i guess it comes out soon so we'll see soon <laughs> and then i'm also i'm also just this is gonna sound petty but like i don't like the title halloween ends because it ain't the last one I'm yeah. sorry. It's going to come back in four to six years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't really understand any of the any of the titles at all. Even if, you know, even if I was like super like on board with the fact that I mean, I am super on board, but even if I like fully embraced um, that they truly believe that they are righting the wrongs of every past sequel. Um, by erasing everything from canon except for the original film 
I don't get why they, I mean, I, I mean, I get why from like a, you know, if I was some exec at Universal in marketing, why they don't just call it Halloween too. <laughs> um, right. But the fact calling it Halloween when it's a direct sequel, like I get some of the other like remakes and requels. I, I get like that in a way why they would just call it that or like Texas Chainsaw 3D and like stuff like that. But I don't get why they didn't, they just called it Halloween and I don't understand what Halloween kills and Halloween ends. Like, it just seems like lazy titles. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, I like Halloween Kills as a title because Michael Myers does indeed kill a lot of people. So yeah, that... I guess maybe what they mean is <laughs> the, the title should be Michael Myers, Michael Myers Kills, Michael Myers Ends. True. <laughs> is what really True, meant. yeah. Maybe to them, maybe they're saying that Michael is the spirit of Halloween, which I mean, as someone who loves Halloween and who michael myers i could is get very down successful. for that I, I could see i could see that but i guess is an interesting take maybe that is another thing that will reveal itself in the third movie who knows but but yeah i get. i guess maybe that's why personifying halloween as halloween kills and halloween ends is they really mean michael hopefully michael ends, okay I guess. they're hoping michael ends they're trying to kill him but i don't <laughs> think i don't think i don't know it's interesting because well, you can't he's kill also, the boogeyman yeah you can't kill him which like through line like what he represents like yeah that makes sense but i think as far as like actually i don't know like they made a conscious choice for him to like age and stuff like that i don't right. know like, like that like conceptually i'm like i'm not really sure. i don't know it's a it's all wishy-washy and but uh, that's okay it's okay they're allowed to make whatever movie we they will <laughs> yeah because the the next generation of Halloween films will just write these wrongs and yeah. so on and so on. And I do appreciate that the new Scream is just taking the Halloween trends, like the Halloween 2018 trends, and just kind of skewering it a little bit. I just think that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think they did a really good job because Halloween is the one that did all of the things that Scream is specifically making into like concrete concepts, like a requel, same name, yeah. legacy characters, like that kind of thing. Halloween is the one that really, with the 2018 one, like did that. And that's why I excuse it in Scream because Scream is meta and cannot be judged outside of I mean it can be as you know in some ways but in some ways it can't necessarily be judged outside of the horror film canon um right but I don't like the Halloween did I don't like like Texas Chainsaw and all that I don't like that Texas Chainsaw just tried to also like it's fine if Scream does that because that's what Scream is is taking right trends, uh because it's meta but Texas Chainsaw just did what like Sean Cunningham did when he saw the original one. It was like, oh, I want to make one like, <laughs> um, yeah, just yeah exactly. And Leatherface's old, Sally's old. It only worked because it was Jamie Lee, right? If it wasn't Jamie Lee Curtis, I I don't think it would work because she is Lori and has been the only Lori. But like with Sally, like Sally's actress is not even alive. So to bring back Sally, 
and then do her dirty like that was very interesting so yeah because yeah, she's hardly in that movie whereas at least Lori is the arguably the main character in halloween 2018 I, yeah she's i think the granddaughter allison i think she gets a lot of screen time yeah it's it's interesting but yeah i think it also just goes to show how influential halloween is and always will be <laughs> like it did it right it jumped off the like slasher craze like obviously we had earlier slashers but it you know is what led cunningham to make friday the 13th which then i think ultimately like solidified like this 80s slasher thing and then halloween did it again and everyone was like slasher resurgence yeah. yes <laughs> so kudos to them for that <laughs> And it's funny because Scream will always be tied down to what Halloween does. (laughs) Yeah, actually, yeah. I honestly, obviously I knew like when I saw Scream was just called Scream. I was like, oh, it's because Halloween's just called Halloween. And, you know, our OG final girl's back and blah, blah, blah. But I don't think I really fully, like, obviously I said it earlier, but even connected that Halloween is the background of... (laughs) the final act of scream and then halloween is the precedent for our new scream (laughs) it's right love that and maybe that's why they've always both been my two like favorites like my whole life (laughs) and i think you can extrapolate even more connections because like scream 4 comes after um scream 4 is like making fun of remakes and that Mm. comes after well texas chainsaw and a lot of the other ones, but Rob Zombie's Halloween is the big one. Yeah, yeah. I um, that's another one that's kind of like a really weird relationship. Again, like literally just today, I so by some divine, you know, intervention. <laughs> um, the day you know we're recording this, like there's like a lot of conversation on Twitter about Halloween, Rob Zombie's Halloween too specifically. I think just Rob Zombie and like movies in general being badly rated, but like. Mm-hmm specifically seeing a lot of like justice for rob zombies halloween 2 not his not halloween <laughs> but halloween 2 specifically yeah that's another um because it's technically because there are remakes and they're like solitary remakes whereas every other film is and it's a continuing installment even if the timelines and stuff are like funky it's still like there's just these two movies that exist <laughs> outside of that and they're so right. divisive. Rob Zombie is always so divisive, but but yeah, I have a weird relationship with his Halloweens specifically, for the same reason that and like I, I I have yeah. such I'm a loyalist to John Carpenter's Halloween that like it's hard to not take that in with you watching any other. And any what other- Rob Zombie does with Michael, I think, kind of it's funny because he clearly loves Halloween. And clearly loves yeah Michael Myers, but I just think I have such a fundamentally different understanding of what Michael is than Rob Zombie does. Yeah, that I can't I, connect to his films. I think personally, I I think my ultimate view of of Michael Myers it comes from maybe the same seed as Rob Zombie's, but it grew into mm-hmm. very different things. Kind of like how we're talking about the ambivalence or not ambiguous, ambiguity of whether grounded reality versus supernatural. Whereas some films, like I think the perfect balance is that ambiguity. Whereas I I still technically view it as something real, 
but treading on that ambiguity and the and whereas some films take it supernatural his was too grounded in reality um you know because I very much like because Halloween um you know late 70s it's you know it's just about like suburban like fear you know disrupting suburbia and like these teenagers doing bad things and you know like all you know like the slasher tropes the slasher values but I just think of Michael as really embodying the fact that there's no motive is like it can happen to you type of thing you know and like all the everything that was going on in the 70s and then you know that continued on later with you know like thinking about like Richard Ramirez and his crimes like Mm -hmm. my, my parents always do that like oh well, we never locked the doors before then. Like that was what was so scary about it. He could just walk into your neighborhood. And that's exactly what like Michael Myers is to me, just embodying that senseless violence. It can happen to you. And Rob Zombie very much loves senseless violence, but I think he took it in a too, like too literal of a cataloging the evolution of, or the childhood of a serial killer. Yeah. Which to me, Michael, I mean, Michael Myers is like a spree killer, not like to me, it's not like a serial killer. So it was just like a little too grounded. But again, it came from the same like inkling of the senseless violence and like the disruption of suburbia and like late 70s fears of what's happening to our teenagers. It all comes from that, but he just took it in like you know, a little too literal. Like, I think it was great if it was like a different name, a different name for the family in a different mask. It would have been like the most phenomenal slasher movie because it was so gruesome, such good violence. Like, yeah. I, I, I think it's really valuable to like have that portrayal of like childhood trauma and abuse and like living in poverty like all of these things that surmount into this kid who cannot express himself and must exact violence you know like it was such a great story but that that's not Michael to me and like that's where I like really struggle with how I view his film because I think it's really great in what it's doing but it's not doing Halloween so that's like this push and pull i haven't seen the second one but i heard it's bonkers (laughs) well i i have a similar feeling it's kind of different but for me michael myers like how similar to you how you and rob zombie had the similar seed of an idea of senseless violence i think rob zombie and i have a similar seed in our love for monsters and Mm -hmm. yeah the difference the different directions in which we go is i always felt michael myers was a monster akin to the the xenomorph from alien or the shark from jaws or even samara from the ring and we touched on this in our last episode where michael myers is like a force of nature he kills for reasons we don't understand incomprehensible to us and he cannot be stopped he's like the xenomorph in that sense where he is a manifestation of death 
Whereas I think Rob Zombie took the other route you can go when dealing with monsters and he want he tried to understand the monster. Kind of yeah. like the the wolf man or Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. 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 It's yeah, he's very much like a Frankenstein in that way. In that he's just like especially tracing it back from spending so much time on his childhood whereas the original one you get like your the little cold open but we spend yeah. so much time with adolescent michael that it creates that sympathy like you're you're watching the frankenstein frankenstein is the family is failed suburbia is parental abuse and like that is dr frankenstein and then we're witnessing that put together the pieces to create a little adolescent Frankenstein's monster that is Michael Myers. So yeah, I think, yeah, that's a really interesting, that's a, I think that's a really great reading of it. But again, I think it still is not, but like having it be personified as something that we understand is so like, you know, like something you can watch in a serial killer documentary on Netflix is, is yeah. where it like, is that disconnect where it's like, yeah, like, that's such a great concept of him being a monster, like this force of nature, but the way he does it just doesn't, I don't think it totally translates to anyone. <laughs> like the people who love that, like right. but love Halloween are going to be turned off. But then the people who love, like there's, there's like so many different sides of it that I think everyone loves a side, but not another side <laughs> of it. Right. But I appreciate right, like the yeah, side... I love his headcanon. Yeah. I love Rob Zombie. I love his mind. I love that he made the movie he wants to make and he can have it. But yeah. <laughs> he made an excellent slasher film. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We both just have that fundamental different, fundamentally different understanding of the shape than Rob Zombie does. And that's and that's okay, you know? Uh, yeah, I definitely love him as the shape. Like I do, I do like equate the senselessness of his attacks like he just he literally just wanders in to this neighborhood and happens to see Lori and those kinds of things like I do equate that in a way to some sort of force of nature um again that force being like the dismantling of like American values and like that kind of yeah. stuff but, but yeah, but again, like on the other side, when you get into like the other sequels, it's when they take that force of nature and turn it into supernatural force. And then it's just right like, again, too, too far on either spectrum. But it's so interesting that one dude, you know, like one spray painted Captain Kirk <laughs> turns into like the fact that I watch the movie and have my view and then you watch the movie and you view it as a monster and that Rob Zombie viewed it and had his yeah you know, and that other directors watched it and wanted to make a the Thorn trilogy and that other directors watched it and then wanted to make Halloween and kills and Halloween ends you know it's so great again goes back to that like he's a blank canvas that we all put our fears on so we all put what we want into him and then all these directors made all these different movies based on that seedling of fear so yeah i think that again while the all the movies don't work for everyone i think that still is some testament to what 
John Carpenter created. Well, the movies exactly. aren't still like such a rich, the fact that everyone got so much out of it. And that's part of the reason why I don't believe Halloween ends is going to be the last one. It's because there's always going to be more Michael Myers stories coming because like you said, there's, there's just so many directions to go with that simple white mask. I just choose to believe that there's going to be another filmmaker who has their own crazy ideas and they're going to get a shot. Yeah, as, as long as there's other people watching the movie, um, maybe someone else like me who wasn't jazzed on this, this new trilogy, there's going to be someone else who's like, I want to make my Michael Myers on screen. There's always going to be someone. And there's always going to be a studio that wants to revive a franchise because the name there's always going to be like yeah there's always going to be those forces too so it'll be interesting like as times change too like and as monsters and horror movies and tropes change like to see what he'll become like almost morphed maybe even morphed into something we don't even recognize other than his mask but yeah it'll be, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see like where it goes since this, especially this one has been so different than I mean it's a, like a logical development from the original but it's such a different take like we don't see final girls come back 40 years later and like those kinds of things um I mean we do now because Halloween did it but right um, but it'll be interesting to see what new directions people want to take with it and it's really interesting because with every iteration of Michael Myers, I feel like most of the films are either reflective of what's happening in horror at that time, or they're pushing horror in a new direction or both. Because like the original Halloween 2, when the first, when the original Halloween kicked off the slasher boom, Halloween 2 just did what Friday the 13th was doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's always kind of... um it's always kind of just following to what, what's going on. But one thing that's really interesting, like I wish, like I know technically it doesn't make sense because there's so many movies now called Halloween and so many Halloween, but I would love just like an anthology franchise like Carpenter envisioned, you know, like we have Halloween about Michael Myers, we have Halloween 3, you know about like the shamrock thing and then to just have more movies like just um like obviously we get other original movies that don't have to have halloween attached to the name but yeah it would just be interesting if someone like committed to like a halloween anthology franchise where each film is an installment rather than like the smaller anthologies like trick or treat and stuff like that like shorts and stuff so but again right. That goes back to the fact that everyone wanted Michael. You know, he wanted great <laughs> Halloween, but everyone was like, no, we want Michael. <laughs> Bring him back. <laughs> so, yeah, I, again, it's just something about Michael we love. <laughs> something about him. Everybody loves Michael. I mean, nobody loves Michael, which is the problem, but we everybody love loves Raymond. <laughs> <laughs> everybody hates Chris. <laughs> but yeah, it's, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's funny that the movies that came back after Season of the Witch like are not greatly valued 
in like fans like because thorn trilogy four five and six because that's like the response was like oh three doesn't have michael where's michael bring him back and then they brought him back and then everyone was like wait no not like this <laughs> well it's so, so funny because <laughs> well those three it's i love that you bring that up though because those three were so proud of the fact that they were bringing back michael myers it's like you you guys spoke and we listen here is halloween four the return of michael myers halloween five the revenge of michael myers halloween six the curse of michael myers like all of those films had Michael Myers in the title. Like, don't worry. We have Michael. Michael's yeah, don't here. Don't panic. He's in the movie. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, yeah. That's funny. that's funny to think about. I didn't even think about that. Which is funny, too. And because, I really like four. Yeah, I know. I actually know someone who, like, does actually somewhat enjoy, like, five or something. I don't know. One random one like that, which is. Yeah. It's just funny, but he's just like. I don't know. I had fun when I watched it. Whatever. And I'm like, okay, that's that's fine. <laughs> I remember plenty of AMC Fear Fest showing like 10-year-old Austin Halloween 4 and 10-year-old Austin being like, nope, this shit ain't for me. Got to turn the channel too scary. So I have yeah, a soft think, spot for 4. <laughs> I think 4, I think, was viewed a lot, I think, because of that reason like that it was for some reason that's the one that's on tv a lot yeah which is interesting too because every year whenever there is like a halloween maze at horror nights it's always halloween four specifically and so it's funny i don't know i guess maybe it's like a rights thing and that's why like it was shown a lot and happens to also be a maze very often but this year specifically it is halloween the original like they have that's oh, like the cool. first time i've ever seen halloween horror nights make their a maze of the original halloween i'm sure they've done it before but it's like every single time i go and there's a halloween maze it's four so i'm very excited <laughs> i'm very excited um so yeah i i think that's really interesting that four is the one that gets kind of pushed a lot <laughs> well i think four is four deserves a lot of credit for keeping the franchise alive that's true. However much we bag on it, it still did. It's still the return of Michael Myers. And he never left. And it was <laughs> and it was good enough to justify five and six. I do not believe five is was good enough to justify six. I just think <laughs> four had enough in the had enough in the bank to justify those two. And while I think six is a very not good movie. <laughs> It did bring us Paul Rudd. That's true. I love that. For baby. that, I will always be thankful. <laughs> That's true. If if anything, it gave us him. And I love him so much. Paul Rudd is a treasure. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why, like, I do think four is good slasher movie. I think it's an okay Halloween movie. <laughs> but it's a good, like... It's what it is. What it's great at is it's a great put it on an October movie. Yeah. And I can appreciate that. I because like the original sorry. Some of the sequels is the mask itself. Yeah. The mask. No, itself I agree with that. Great, which, you know, 
obviously we've talked a lot about how the mask itself and you know the visual of Michael is part of what makes him so pervasive and popular so I think that's maybe a lot of the issues with the films are also harder to ignore when they're staring at you in the face in the form of an ugly mask <laughs> I think five has the worst mask and is yeah. therefore my least favorite Halloween yeah yeah that's the one that's very it's just so funny to look at <laughs> Because, like, as bad as Six is, that at least has Paul Rudd, and as bad as Resurrection is, and that is a bad movie, <laughs> at least it has Buster Rhymes using Kung Fu to defeat Michael. I, I'll never get over <laughs> that part, but at least it gives me trick or treat, motherfucker. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. All I know from how, all I remember from Halloween Five, because I don't remember that movie very well it's the one I watched the least is the bad mask. I, yeah, exactly. I haven't even, like I said, I haven't even seen all of them, but I know what all the masks look like that. So that's like the only thing I know about it. I mean, I know the basic plot of that trilogy, but like, that's the only other thing I know is that, well, the mask looks bad. <laughs> so that's yeah, like whereas four is like into the movie knowing. <laughs> and like four is like the mask is bad, but it's not that bad. Yeah, and like it's an okay enough story and just like it's good enough whereas like and why I think it's a perfect just put it on an October movie because like the first Halloween is a movie that I pay my respect to I don't just put it on I make it an occasion like that mm -hmm. first Halloween movie is not a movie where it's like oh I'm going to be doing laundry something something in the background no I'm watching it I'm giving it my my due attention yeah it's definitely like a ritual I used to also like just put it on like as a comfort movie too like if I don't like if I don't want to do anything else and I just need something that I can put on that feels comforting that movie is just so it's just so good and it's so I just love everything about it, it has so much charm and I think as someone who lives in a place that does not get fall <laughs> Like, I know it's supposed to be fictional, like, Illinois, like, town, but knowing because it's Pasadena, and it's, like, pretty close mm -hmm. to where I, I'm from. So when I see it, it feels like home, too. Mm. And, like, even though they, like, tried to make it fall, and it, it does <laughs> totally feel like fall in Southern California, like, basically not fall, just summer yeah. and some leaves on the ground I think in the fact that it like tried so hard to look like fall but it's still very obviously not like a midwest fall is what makes it <laughs> as someone who has like a southern california fall that's not fall yeah just everything about it it like feels like home and it's like comforting and Lori is so comforting and you know it's halloween so it's like my favorite season my favorite day of the year like everything about it like I can't just put it on and not watch it like if I'm putting it on it's that's what I'm doing just watching Halloween <laughs> oh yeah and like for me I, I'll usually watch Halloween twice a year because I watch it every Halloween and then there's usually a random time where I'm like I'm feeling Michael like Mike it's time mm -hmm. to get down with the boogeyman it's time to boogeyman wonderland. Um, 
and then, sorry I made myself laugh but um sometimes I'm like editing the podcast or I'm like trying to write something and I'm like well I just want to have something on and God bless Halloween 4 because I think that's a perfect movie for that but I wouldn't do that to the original Halloween which where it's like I am sitting down and I'm watching it and yeah as someone who Oh, yeah, I was gonna say I tried to put on ginger snaps the other day while I was like working on homework. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, no, I've just been staring at this movie because I love it. I have not been doing any homework. Oh, no, <laughs> I need to turn it off. So, yeah, definitely Halloween and like a lot of uh, there's like a, so many movies where I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to put it on. And then I'm like, no, I can't because then I won't do anything except watch this movie. <laughs> right, right. So it's like. Yeah, I completely understand that. So it's like, I'll never put on Jurassic Park when I'm doing something else. Mm-hmm. Hey, Jurassic Park 3, I got a job for you. Because <laughs> sometimes yeah. I want my Michael or my dinosaurs, but I also have to get shit done. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's always like key sequels that I think are are good for that. When you want like, you want a nugget of, you want like the essence of, a certain franchise but you don't want to like have to pay attention <laughs> get turned on right sequel <laughs> exactly and i love these type of movies like jurassic park 3 halloween 4 robert rodriguez's uh predators there's there's a scream 3 all of the jason <laughs> movies I, i'm sorry like <laughs> but um i'm not a friday the 13th hater i love friday the 13th but like i could put yeah. on you can any of on. those movies and do something else yeah i agreed i love them but <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm gonna bring some love back to star wars attack of the clones <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's true yeah there's a couple couple of the prequel ones that are like yeah i'll just just pop it on you know and it's, it's like good enough to where i'm not because like if a movie's bad bad then it's like i don't want it on you know yeah, it's, it's very rare that I just turn off a movie because it's so bad, but <laughs> it happens. <laughs> I wanted to say that as someone who grew up in the mid uh not grew up, I still live in the Midwest, but um as a Midwest boy, it took me way too long to realize that Halloween was clearly shot in California. <laughs> yeah, it I think it does a really good job at like kind of disguising it I think um I know they had like kind of a hard time like trying to like film at the right times of the day and yeah like in the wind and like you know they like had like the the actors had to keep moving the the set of leaves that they had because they only had like a limited amount of leaves because we don't actually have a bunch of trees that lose all their leaves all the time but it still like somehow captures the it captures the fall vibe so much that even if you look too hard and you're like oh, this is california you it still has the vibe just hits so much it's 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 a great piece of filmmaking for sure for that reason specifically exactly i love that a question i really wanted to ask you is because I know you're going to have a really thoughtful answer. I'm not putting you on the spot or anything. <laughs> Give me <laughs> is, a lot of <laughs> <laughs> Would 
the first movie especially really puts a lot of emphasis on Michael Myers' eyes, yet we really never see them in that first movie. And like that iconic Sam Loomis monologue where he's like, he has the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. And I always like in my mind, I always want to be like, like a doll's eyes and go into the jazz jaws monologue but um which i think is equally iconic and part of the reason why i see a lot of similarity between jaws and halloween but that's a different (laughs) i would love to know what's intentional i feel like being alive Mm -hmm. in the 70s there's no way you could listen to someone say like the devil's eyes and not think immediately to jaws or something you know like it has that yeah. same like kooky old man telling telling stories about the the force of nature that's coming through you know like <laughs> that first film make makes such a big deal of like sam loomis talking about those eyes but then in the cinematography michael myers eyes is always like we never see them they're shrouded in the blacks of the mask Part of the reason why not all the sequels work for me is because I don't think those directors got that. So you see his eyes a lot in yeah. those sequels, but like in that original, you only see his eyes when he's like a kid and when he's briefly unmasked and even then he's shrouded in shadow and he still appears a little monstrous. Hmm. Yeah, that is an interesting point. Yeah, I I never really thought about the sequels like I I do remember thinking like oh in addition to like how bad the mask looks thinking like (laughs) it's so weird that you can like see his eyes but I don't think I like fully put together like that that was because you don't really see his eyes Um, which is interesting interesting to think about how many um pov shots we get we see there are a lot of shots that are through the mask um like pov like we are his eyes but then when we're not in his pov you can't see his eyes that's a really interesting stylistic choice like i know like putting the viewer like pov shots are already super interesting because of like spectatorship as voyeurism in the horror movie wow yeah i don't know that's such an interesting thing to think about i don't even think i really thought about it that much before but yeah i think that's really interesting because maybe i don't know maybe there's something about i don't know society and like the way society created michael in a way and that's being reflected back at us i think it's also interesting to note how influenced he was by Black Christmas and the most iconic mm. shot of Black Christmas is Billy's eye through the yeah. crack in the door. That's an interesting like juxtaposition between like the inspiration for the film and then the film he actually made. But also again, I think it goes back to the boogeyman. It like dehumanizes Michael in a way, which again, I guess goes back to like the supernatural um thing and whether that's ambiguous but like to see someone's eyes um you know as corny as it sounds like the windows to the soul or whatever but um that would like humanize him too much and take away too much of the boogeyman 
mysteriousness of him. Yeah, which is, I think, when it comes to other monsters um, or other, like, I think his name's Billy, right? In uh, Black Christmas or like something, someone like Frankenstein's monster, like seeing the sadness of someone or or the depravity of someone through their eyes. Like Freddy Krueger. Yeah, see, seeing how absolutely unhinged he is through his eyes and, you know, seeing what kind of psycho Billy from Black Christmas is through his eyes or seeing how sad of a creature Frankenstein's creature is through his eyes. Yeah. Through seeing someone's eyes, maybe then you can see their intention. And I think that would get rid of the ambiguity of Michael. um, Because I think that's like the kind of question is why? which obviously the other movies try to answer that why with because Lori's his sister that's why um but the whole I think the issue (laughs) is like for me you know there's like the why is this happening and there is no answer to that why in my opinion like in an my idealized version of Michael um so if we were to see his eyes maybe we would really see the why I don't know if that makes sense um yeah but yeah just because i think eyes you know are so important in general but i don't know yeah just makes them more mysterious and creepy and ambiguous you know for sure and that's and like and like i said because of those two monologues i always equated michael with jaws and that's why i get that monster feeling from him and then like with the xenomorph you don't see the xenomorph size but um definitely i do think that helps and create like the idea of michael myers isn't like michael myers as a person it's the shape it's the boogeyman it's dehumanized and i just think it's a really stunning work of cinematography to really achieve that the way they play with shadow in that movie yeah so so great like there's that one scene where he's like in the background and it's just pitch black and you like slowly see his face come in that's that's the money shot for me that to me is like i think um the reasons i like michael myers are the reasons why i like a movie like the strangers or something it's got that same Mm -hmm. kind of like because you were home like (laughs) that same kind of voyeuristic um you know he's lurking in the background and she doesn't even know he's there michael's in the darkness and we don't know he's there um i think that's why i like a lot of those kinds of movies that play with that um which i'm sure those filmmakers would would be speaking blasphemy if they didn't credit halloween for doing it right Um, you know, I'm sure every filmmaker now probably probably loves Halloween because it's such a great piece of filmmaking. But yeah, the shadows in that, I think it's also interesting, like bringing up the fact that the only time we really see his eyes is when he's unmasked as a child. I think maybe some sort of juxtaposition between what happened to him as a child and or what he did as a child versus what he's doing now, because we do see take the mask off and he's very much like horrified i think at what he just did and he's a child but now he's been put in this facility and you know all that other stuff but now 
there's Michael as a child who did this thing and he's maybe or maybe not horrified with it, but we can see it through his eyes, if not horrified, at least astonished or like, like, oh shit, uh, I just killed my sister. You know, we see so much emotion in that kid's eyes when they take off his mask and then fast forward to the the new Michael Myers, like this this Michael Myers as for as a force like we've kind of said now his eyes are no longer present in that you know maybe that's you know to do with the years of treatment and you know like like Loomis says you know he tried to like understand him for so long but he just came to the conclusion that he's evil you know maybe that evil developed over time but yeah no yeah it's such a such a good movie oh yeah oh yeah there's definitely a lot to think about and chew and people have been doing that for 40 plus years (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah definitely yeah people love it enough that we've gotten all these sequels and 40 years later and makings of and it's mentioned on every like movie show like horror movie moment show and you know stuff like that it's it's iconic to say the least (laughs) Oh, yeah. My last question is the title of the show. And I think it's probably going to be the easiest question to answer. If you were to encounter the shape, Michael Myers himself, would you die? That is a great question. Well, I think since I'm such a John Carpenter you know, loyalist when it comes to the original film. Um, I think I'll maybe answer this within the within the rules and confines of that film. Okay. I would, oh, well, I don't know. I guess that's, I would probably maybe live. I feel like I was a Lori. I would have just been doing homework or something. You know, I'm not up for grabs like her friends <laughs> uh, <laughs> in that traditional maybe slasher slasher rule sense maybe I would have been spared because I would have been the good babysitter however if he were to if I were to as Lori does get targeted I guess in that sense, like where he's dead set on her um I don't know if I would have been as resourceful as as Lori I don't know yeah I'm gonna go ahead and say I'd live. I'm a, it's probably a little too confident, but I think, (laughs) you know, I, I would have been doing good babysitting or just watching the thing from another world on the TV with, with Tommy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I don't know. I can't say I wouldn't have, you know, said something to him like Annie does on the street, but Hey, speed kills. <laughs> yeah. She's quite the firecracker, Annie. I love her. But um, but yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think maybe in like more modern slasher rules, like maybe I wouldn't be uh I wouldn't be safe. <laughs> oh, if it's Rob Zombies, Michael Myers, no way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess in the grand scheme of Michael, aside from the original film, in the grand scheme of this brutal brutal constantly driving 
force that is more recent renditions of Michael Myers. Yeah, I mean, I probably would just be some random fodder for the slaughter <laughs> in that, you know, tracking shot he does through the sub like the neighborhood where he just goes in and out of yeah. the home. One people I yeah, that probably would I'd be one of them. I don't know. He's gnarly. <laughs> you know, nowadays no one's safe. There's no rules anymore. That guy, he'd just be killing everybody. And even when the whole town rallies around <laughs> them, he still gets back. He'd be up. killing everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess like, in that sense, I would probably die. <laughs> like my man takes out an entire firefighter um squad. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> I do appreciate the amount of thought you put into it because me personally, it's like, oh, Michael Myers, no, no way in hell I'm surviving that. It's almost as easy as, uh, hey, would you would you die if you met the xenomorph? No, I'm not. I am not the great Ellen Ripley. I am not the great Laurie Strode. I would be lucky to make it to second or third killed. (laughs) yeah yeah in the in a in a minimal um just a regular resident of Haddonfield you know studying on Halloween night in 1978 yeah I I might live because I'm you know I'm safe from the slasher rules but um but yeah no if he was anywhere near me first of all I can't run um (laughs) straight up like need my inhaler i would not be able to run away physically would not be able to do it um also i'm sure if we were to like face off absolutely not he'd probably pick me up and crack me like a glow stick i don't know you know (laughs) 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 like you know the classic you know he he puts them up you know lifts them up like a foot off the ground and just stabs the knife right through yeah i feel like I got noodle arms. I don't know. I'm, I don't stand a chance. Yeah. If I might be free if he doesn't come down my neighborhood, but if he does, I'm, yeah. Yeah. Maybe like second, maybe second or third dead. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's if I'm lucky, I'll probably be the first one. Um, no, I wouldn't be the first one because I never, I would never be that person's like, hey, what was that noise in the basement? time to go check it out i'd be like nope i'm moving i am no longer a resident of this property (laughs) yeah i hear something and i i'm like i'm just gonna pretend i didn't hear that um it's probably my imagination and just continue doing what i'm doing which will probably bite me in the butt someday (laughs) but it would bite you in the butt after someone else has been bitten in the butt (laughs) yeah i would probably hear someone else down the street screaming and be like uh okay (laughs) and then be like and then and then i'm the next house or two after that (laughs) yeah yeah at that point i'm just like not that i'll help but i'm gonna make sure my doors are locked (laughs) yeah yeah maybe just do a little little lock (laughs) (laughs) so i'm very happy we were able to talk about the boogeyman i think we had a really fun halloween filled conversation where can the peeps find you on the interwebs should they want to hear more about mikey my my and uh, other horror films 
Well, I'm on Instagram at the horror Helion, and then Twitter and TikTok and Letterboxd are all just horror Helion. I have not been making too many TikToks lately because of school, but I have been tweeting endlessly into the void um, (laughs) (laughs) about uh, endless horror opinions. Sometimes that'll turn into a letterboxed review. I'm trying to write more reviews on my letterboxed because I think it's fun instead of uh, turning into threads on Twitter. (laughs) But yeah, I think, uh, yeah, my Twitter is probably also interesting because I am starting to get into the thick of my thesis. So a lot of my like residual horror movie thoughts that stem from that get put onto Twitter. So Twitter is a fun place. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much, that's pretty much all the social media there is, I think. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining me and I hope you have a spooky October and a happy Halloween. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Thanks again to Vanna for joining me again. This time to talk about our spooky slashy boy, Mikey My My. This week's segment of I Know What You Watched Last Week, in which I tell you all about the horror movies I've watched since the last episode, I've actually seen quite a few. Rewatches include Lake Placid, Jaws, and Jaws 2. You know, iconic creature features, and Jaws being the go of cinema. I had quite a few first-time watches this week as well, including Starry Eyes, Watcher, Backcountry, Werewolf by Night, and the brand new Hellraiser. Starry Eyes is an excellent but sobering film that deals with the pursuit of fame and the horrors of acting in the film industry in which a young woman played by the fantastic Alex Esso does whatever it takes to make it in Hollywood. Watcher is a great film that came out this year that stars Micah Monroe as a young woman who believes she's being stalked by a serial killer in Bucharest. It's a tight horror thriller that is especially unnerving as it progresses through the plot. Backcountry is a film that's based on a true story, and it's basically open water in the forest and with a bear. It's much better than my description, and there's actually some really good gore featured. Marvel dips its toes into the horror genre with Werewolf by Night, directed by usual film composer Michael Giacchino. It's a fun, quick 50-minute special that I wish was a real feature. More of this, Marvel. And finally, I need to talk about the new Hellraiser. I'm a fan of director David Bruckner. He's done The Ritual and one of my favorite films of 2021, The Night House. I think he did an amazing job with Hellraiser. Jamie Clayton kills it as Pinhead, making the character her own while maintaining the menace Pinhead needs. Her portrayal, while different from the iconic Doug Bradley, hers is just as enjoyable. The film has a mythic quality that I really only get from the first two Hellraiser films, and personally, I think the first two plus this one makes a great trilogy. I don't want to spoil too much, I just gotta say the music is great, the new Cenobites are sick, and the Chatterer is still my favorite. I love the new Hellraiser. Halloween Ends comes out this weekend, so you can expect my thoughts on that next week. If you're enjoying the Would You Die podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. 
If you would like to help support the podcast financially, I do have a buy me a coffee page. I'll put the link in the episode description, but it is buymeacoffee.com slash would you die show. If you choose, you can donate a dollar, say something nice and make my day. And if not, no worries, but any little bit will help this podcast in a big way. I hate asking for money, but you know, we all got to make a living. As always, you can find the show social media on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Would You Die Show. You can find the Would You Die YouTube show on the Three Wise Men Media YouTube channel, where you can also find professional wrestling, trailer reviews, and much, much more. The music you hear in the beginning and end of each episode is composed by my friend, Josie Palmer. Next week, we continue the month he came home. Michael Month is going strong. Until then, I'm Austin Torres. Try not to die.